everybody. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report Direct Message. It's November 10th, 2021. And if you would like to chat live with other real human beings, non-bots and no haters, go to rubinreport.locals.com. You can chat with the Rubin Report team and with other viewers as we are doing the show and your comments and questions might make it to me to read live during the show. As always, Going forward, we are now streaming on rumble.com. We're also on YouTube, which announced today, I don't even know if you guys saw this, YouTube announced today that the dislike button, they're gonna leave the button, but they will no longer show you how many people have clicked the dislike button. Just another way that the machine does not want you, the individual, to know actually how much influence you have. The reason they're doing this, of course, is because so many things are coming out of the White House and mainstream media that just get disliked. The comment sections are horrible, so they're shutting down comment sections. They don't want you to see the amount of people that dislike things. So they say they're doing it to make the conversation healthier, but I assure you nothing that YouTube is doing will make the conversation any healthier, which is why I'm very proud to be working with Rumble now. And uh, we are on the homepage of Rumble every day at 11 a.m. Pacific, which it's about 11.02 Pacific right now. You're watching this right now, do I have to tell you that? We got a great show for you guys. Uh, I do wanna say that we are not, 100% not going to talk about COVID today. You know, yesterday when we did the show, it ended up being a lot of COVID nonsense from vaccine mandates and, you know, the administration ignoring the, uh, the court order saying that you can't mandate and all of this stuff. And I spent probably about 20 or 25 minutes of the show talking about COVID. And I really felt kind of gross after, like I am so over, COVID the virus. Now I get that we have to deal with this other virus, the mind virus that is infecting everybody and making people hate each other and wanting people still to be in masks and get the 18th jab and everything else. So I'm gonna do one little thing related to Matthew McConaughey in the first story and COVID and then that's really it. I'm gonna try to figure out, this is my promise to you guys going forward. I'm gonna try to figure out a way to do less on COVID in general because we gotta start moving on. Like we gotta start moving on. A certain set of people, they ain't gonna move on. Like it's never gonna be enough. They'll get 87 jabs. They'll wear a thousand different masks on their face. They'll lock themselves in the basement and all that. And that's fine. There's nothing we can do for them. And it's okay if that's how half the country uh, wants to live, if that's what the Democrats wanna run on. Like it's, I guess there's nothing I can do. But for those of you that watch this show, I wanna help empower you to live a better life, right? That's what I wanna do to myself. What I want to do with my team, and it's what I want to do with you guys. And I don't think just endlessly being like, oh, the government is ridiculous. This moron said this, this liar said this. Oh, we caught them because they said that last week and this this week. It's just, it's too much just like running in the mud. Like, I don't think we can just spin our wheels like that. And I want to figure out new ways to, to solve some of the problems. So that's going to be sort of my direction going forward. I just felt kind of gross. I think, I think it's partly because I was in Florida last week where COVID is just over. It's just over. And people have moved on. So I don't want to focus too much on just like that we're, we're surrounded by a lot of crazy people. I just don't want to focus on that. So little something story, number one, Matthew McConaughey and COVID. Uh, then number two, uh, this Jimmy Kimmel guy, you may know this guy. He has this late night show. He's been in blackface, um, real racist guy. Uh, he thinks that people that don't like Kamala Harris are racist and uh, yeah, well, well, no, it's just that she's a horrible person. Uh, and then finally, joking aside, uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse trial uh, has been happening over the last couple of days. A whole bunch of you asked 
why I didn't cover it yesterday or the day before as it was as it was happening. And there's a lot of testimony happening actually right at this very moment, including Kyle on the stand right now in his own defense. Um, and I didn't want to cover it because there were so many things happening at once. I wanted it to shake out a little bit more. I feel like today is the day that we can start covering it a little more intensely. So we've got two videos from the trial itself and uh, a little bit of a recap of the media madness around it uh, that Tucker Carlson did last night. And in case you didn't see it, it's, it's worth the watch. Okay, so that's the layout of the show today. And before I get to any of that, I want to talk to you guys about Bonner Private Wine. You know, any higher up and the grapes wouldn't be able to survive. What does this mean for the wine? A flavor unlike any wine you've ever tasted. Blackberry, leather, smoke, and a little dark cherry. This stuff packs a punch. My friends over at Freethinker Wine are bringing these rare wines to Americans for the holidays. The best part, they've cut out the middleman. You won't deal with any big industry markup. While David and I love to host, these wines also make great gifts if you're attending a dinner party as a guest. You know, Thanksgiving is on the way. And if you're curious about the pairing, Malbecs go particularly well with dark turkey meat, spices like sage and pepper and sauces like creamy mushroom. I'm getting hungry already. Visit freethinkerwine.com and you'll get top quality, extreme altitude wine for about half the price. Perfect for your Thanksgiving meal for the family. No need for a promo code. Just visit freethinkerwine.com. That's freethinkerwine.com. These Malbecs are delicious. Okay, so real quick, we're gonna do some COVID stuff but this is really about someone standing up against the madness. That's the type of COVID stuff that I'll gladly cover, not just the, oh, the attorney, uh, the Surgeon General said this, and the scientist said this, and Fauci's a moron, and the rest of that stuff. This is the kind of COVID stuff that we actually need to hear about. So of course you all know Matthew McConaughey, all right, all right, all right, and Interstellar and the whole thing, right? We all know Matthew McConaughey. Uh, he's become pretty, outspoken, at least as far as, you know, being a Hollywood celebrity. Um, and he lives in Texas, if I'm not mistaken. There's a rumor that maybe he's gonna run for governor of Texas. But, uh, you know, he's had conversations online with Jordan Peterson. Like, the guy gets it. I don't know that I agree with him on everything. I suspect I don't, it doesn't matter. He just seems like a decent guy who is trying to use his brain to get through this madness that we are being subjected to every day. And he is not going to vaccinate his kids. He would like a little more info, but listen to him. As many kids are rolling up their sleeves for a shot before Thanksgiving with grandma, another high profile celebrity is casting some doubt on vaccines really for kids. Actor and potential candidate for Texas Governor Matthew McConaughey says, well, he has taken the vaccine. He's taking a beat before getting his younger children their shots. So I want to trust in the science, do I think that there's any kind of scam or conspiracy theory? Hell no, I don't. Right now, I'm not vaccinated mine, I'll tell you that. You're not? Um, I'm not vaccinated mine, I wanna get some more, I've been vaccinated, my wife has been vaccinated. We have a high risk person in our household, my mother who's 90, and she's immune compromised. I, I couldn't mandate having to vaccinate the younger kids. I still wanna find out, I still wanna find out more information. And the truth is, McConaughey's not alone here. Some parents say kids, on average, tend not to get seriously ill if they happen to get COVID. So the argument is, let's just wait it out. Oh, so Matthew McConaughey would just like more information. He himself got vaccinated because his mom's 90 and lives in the house, but he'd like a little more information. It was interesting what the CNN uh, journalist said there at the end, that parents are starting to wonder, it's like, well, what you could have done there is actually given some numbers about how many deaths there's been for kids five to 11 years old. You could have read the CDC numbers that I repeat here 
endlessly on the show every week, 0.002% morbidity for kids five to 11. And there's a lot of evidence that it's significantly less than that. It's about 500 kids, but many of them had all sorts of other conditions. Uh, lots of kids get COVID, they get sort of mild sickness and they're sick for a couple of days and that's pretty much it. And then they get natural antibodies and all that. Anyway, what's gonna happen to Matthew McConaughey uh, now is that the machine is gonna go after him for sure. He did not bow to the machine, he used his own brain. He said, oh, this is what I wanna do in my own household. I don't want the government coming in and having an experimental drug injected in my children. I'd like to think about it a little bit before we do that. That I think is what your responsibility would be as a parent. I'm not a parent yet. I look forward to making these decisions one day. Well. I don't look forward to making these specific decisions, but I suspect that being a parent has something to do with using your brain and making the right decisions related to your children's welfare, your children's health. So McConaughey, obviously calm, cool, and collected there. That's what he's known for, that's his, that's his style. And uh, hope we'll see actually what, what the machine does. What I do think might be happening here a little bit though, is that you do sense a little bit of a shift right now. Have you guys been feeling that? Like I know a lot of people right now that are not vaccinated, that are feeling pretty good about not being not vaccinated, right? Like they're just like, oh, I guess I made the right decision because it doesn't seem to stop you from getting COVID. It doesn't stop you from transmitting COVID. People with the vaccine seem to be getting sick. Now they're on third booster shots and four booster shots. So I know a whole bunch of good, thoughtful people, not right wing conservative, crazy maniacs who are kind of comfortable in their own personal decision at the moment. I also know a lot of people who suddenly in the last, I would say two, three weeks are kinda like, ah, maybe I shouldn't have done that or I don't know exactly what's going on here. Uh, I know a couple of people that are having balancing problems. I'm not telling you you should listen to me when it comes to your own health, but I think there's a little more to the story at this point and we all know it, right? We all know those conversations are happening in our own homes in our own networks, of course, uh, than the, me the mainstream media is offering us. Uh, to that end, I interviewed Jordan Peterson yesterday. Part one is up on YouTube right now, and the full episode is up early, of course, at rubenreport.locals.com. Uh, but Jordan was vaccinated. Now, you know he had a whole slew of, of pretty brutal health problems over the last two years. He did get COVID, but he did decide to get vaccinated. And I wanna share just a quick 40 second clip of that interview with you right now. You know, Canadians who are on, cannot leave the country. Yeah. Like what the hell, why, why is that? And I'm, look, I got vaccinated and people took me to task for that. And I thought, all right, I'll get the damn vaccine. Here's the deal, guys, I'll get the vaccine. You fucking leave me alone. And did that work? No, so st stupid me, you know, that's how I feel about it. It's like, well, now I have to get tested for COVID when I come back into Canada. I have to get tested before I leave Canada. Now, you know, that might be the latter issue. That's an issue with the Americans. And, and so that's outside of the Canadian purview. But the restrictions to get back into Canada are even more stringent. It's like, well, why to get the vaccine then if you're not going to leave me alone? I mean, how much better can we say it than that? So what Jordan said at the top of that first is totally true. You no longer can leave Canada if you are not vaccinated. I have a Canadian friend who I met while I was down in Florida last week who was not vaccinated, did not want to get vaccinated. He's in his early 30s, late 20s, early 30s, perfectly healthy, was making choices for himself and realized that he was gonna be trapped 
in Canada. So he did get vaccinated and then I, I saw him in Miami. Uh, Jordan further mentions in the interview that his father does not wanna be vaccinated. His father, I think is probably in his late 80s, uh, does not like being pushed into things, has made a choice not to be vaccinated. Jordan backs him up on that choice. And that means his father now is a prisoner in Canada. Um, but to Jordan's main point there where he dropped the F-bomb, I mean, how much you know clearer could it be? It's like, what was the purpose of all of this? We, we were all told, if you just get the vax, you'll get your freedoms back. Now, frankly, my freedoms were not theirs to, to give in the first place. There are, there are human freedoms, God-given freedoms, God-given rights, and the government's supposed to protect those things. They don't give them to you. So that may have been a flaw in, in many people's thinking all along, that if we just did what they wanted, they would give something back to us that was not theirs to give in the first place. Um, but I think Jordan's sentiment there, and we clip that and put it on Twitter, and it's, it's catching fire right now, is quite right. They have lied all along. They will continue to lie. And what I will try to do is shine the spotlight on people like Matthew McConaughey who are stepping up. And I have no doubt that many of you are stepping up in your own lives. Many of you are doing this at work. You're doing it at home. You're doing whatever you can, but we need more and more and more. There are more of us. We just don't know it, right? They don't want us to see it, which is exactly why, as I referenced at the top of the show, that YouTube starting today will not show you the dislike counts on videos because they don't want you to know that we have wised up to their bullshit. So anyway, all that said, I'm not gonna focus on a lot of the, the COVID nonsense anymore. That is my official commitment to you guys, but I will stand up for the people that are fighting. And if you if you see people fighting, please let us know. Drop us the, the videos at rubenreport.locals.com. We will see them. I will promote people and we will we will get out of this. And whether that means just we, those of us that are thinking kind of similarly, we will get out of this because we're just not gonna give them the power anymore. And if, if they wanna live in boxes, with masks and duct tape around their head, then so be it. All right, let's talk about racist Jimmy Kimmel. You know, Jimmy Kimmel, of course, is the uh, the host of the late night show over there on ABC, and he has done blackface, and his former girlfriend, Sarah Silverman, she's done blackface. These people love blackface, I don't really know. Jimmy Kimmel uh, is not a particularly funny guy. He's completely woke. He bows to the, to the mob constantly. Like he knows that he is a sinner, right? He's done blackface, so he knows he's a sinner, so he always has to go in on all of the woke BS. That's sort of the Jimmy Kimmel thing captured right there. I don't know anyone that's watching these late night shows. Do you guys watch these late night shows? Have you ever, actually? That's kind of interesting. Have you guys ever watched like a late night comedy show? Really just like watched a late night, maybe, maybe a little bit, maybe, not really. That's interesting, you're 29? You're 29 and how old are you? 26, so I got a 29 and 26 year old. They don't watch these late night things. Nobody watches these late night things anymore. Like this ain't Johnny Carson's Tonight Show. I remember, I, I think I was a senior in college, I was a senior in high school, if I'm not mistaken, 92, maybe I was a junior in high school. I remember the last night of Johnny Carson Tonight Show, I stayed up late. I stayed up till 11.30 at night. I was such a rebel back then to watch the last night of the, uh, the Johnny Carson Tonight Show. Anyway, nobody cares about these shows anymore. If you're watching these things and laughing, there's something wrong with you. You should have your head examined. Maybe that's what the injections are for. But anyway, uh, Kimmel was talking about Kamala last night. She's the vice president that they installed, uh, who's gonna take over for Joe when he steps down, which, Good God, we're in a lot of trouble. But anyway, uh, he was talking about Kamala. And basically, if you don't like Kamala, it's because you're a racist and a sexist. If anything can get the American people fired up, it's infrastructure. So, <laughs> and Biden is alone. If Americans really aren't happy with this vice president, Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris has an approval rating of 28%, which is makes no sense because she basically has nothing to do. I mean, it's like... <laughs> 
criticizing a backup quarterback. Tom Brady is okay. I don't love the way Blaine Gabbert has his legs folded on the bench. I have to be honest. Kamala's approval rating uh, of 28% is even lower than the 30% who approved of Dick Cheney in 2008 after he shot a guy in the face. I think these people are forgetting that at least 10% of, the, of those polled approved of Dick Cheney because he shot a guy in the face. I think I know why Kamala's ratings are low, besides sexism and racism, which are the obvious ones. It's because whenever she's next to Joe, standing near him, behind him, she looks like an assassin. She looks like <laughs> Nebula next to Thanos, ready to, right? Especially with a mask. Hey, Kamala, this guy's being a wise guy. Show him what we do to wise guys. If you laughed at any of that, I don't want you watching this program anymore, okay? We're banning you. I don't know how we can do that. Do we have that kind of technology yet? Okay, we have something. I got a thumbs up over there. Uh, you can't watch this program anymore. That's it. Not a, think about, there's probably 20 writers on that show. They've probably got a staff about 100 people. 20 writers sat there to write that drivel where he also called most of us racist and sexist. Now, if her approval rating's 28%, that means her disapproval rating is about 72%. That means he's calling 72% of Americans racist and sexist. Now, my disapproval of Kamala Harris has absolutely nothing to do with her sex or her race. It happens to do with the fact that she is a nothing. What do you think Kamala Harris really believes? Nobody really knows, right? She's incredibly disingenuous. She comes off as deeply inauthentic. I don't know what she really stands for, uh, remember that video, uh, was, it was about this time last year when she was pretending that when she grew up as a kid, she celebrated Kwanzaa. Like the woman is just a deeply authentic liar. She was polling at zero, well, I did. <laughs> she was polling at zero percent in the Democratic primary when she dropped out, zero percent within her own pri uh, party primary. And then eventually when the machine chose Biden as the victor, they then chose her as the backup, someone polling at 0%. I mean, that's almost impossible to, to poll at 0% when there's only about 12 people, right? Uh, and the media loved her from the beginning. If, it may be hard for some of you to remember this, but when the Democratic primary was originally happening, people thought at that first debate, people were like, oh, she's the front runner. And then she left after a couple weeks, again, 0%, not 1%. Like 1% of the people like you, that's pretty depressing. 0% of the people like you. So, so we're on to something here, this dislike of this woman. But then I thought, no, it must go deeper. It can't just be the inauthenticness. It can't just be that we don't really know what she stands for. It can't be that she jailed a whole bunch of people uh, when she was attorney general in California. It can't just be like all that stuff. There must be something else about it. And then I thought, wait a minute, there is something else. <laughs> <laughs> Joker in the next Batman movie, that would make more sense than being vice president, but nobody is sexist or racist because they don't like her. Jimmy Kimmel, you are a racist. You are in blackface. We should have pulled up that image of him in blackface. If you haven't seen the image of him in blackface, he used to do an impression of Carl Malone 
the NBA player on the Utah Jazz, and uh, he'd be in full, not only blackface, full body, full black body, that's a thing. And, uh, and he'd be also making fun of the way Carl Malone spoke and whatever. So Jimmy is just terrible. You're just a terrible human being, Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, and Kamala Harris. <laughs> lordy, lordy, lordy. All right, let's move on. So the big story at the moment actually is the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Now, I don't wanna get into all of the specifics of the event that happened now almost a year and a half ago, uh, but we are going to link to a video that we did that's a pretty decent recap of everything that happened related uh, to Kyle, the shooting, what was going on in Kenosha, a little bit of the history. It involves some video from Tucker Carlson's show where they did a really nice uh, recap of everything that was going on there. Uh, but I thought for the purposes of today, because so much of this is breaking right now, I didn't wanna get too much into the history of the story, but I know a lot of you wanted to hear my opinions on it. Uh, so first, I wanna talk really about the way the media has treated Kyle uh, more than anything else because so much of our the disconnect that we have in society, and as I always talk about, that sort of chasm between what we see with our own eyes online and what the mainstream media will allow us to talk about, that really is the biggest issue that we have in society, and this story is a perfect example of it. Uh, Kyle happens to be a young white kid, so obviously in the mainstream media eyes, no matter what happened, even if his life was being threatened and he was about to be pummeled by a mob or he was about to be shot or whatever, he's the bad guy in their view. Now, I don't really care about narrative, I care about truth. So if Kyle was out there just murdering people, murdering protesters and shooting people, not in self-defense, of course, like it's not even a question, it's so stupid that you even have to talk about it. Of course then he should be tried and convicted, he should have his right to a fair trial and everything else. Uh, but there were so many people in the media who over the last year and a half we're immediately condemning him, damning him to hell, and basically condemning not only him, but white people in general and young people and everything else. So Tucker Carlson did a really nice recap of some of the stuff that the media has done related to all of this last night. Take a look. But you'd know, never know any of this from watching the coverage of the trial. NBC News, for example, just ran this thoroughly dishonest headline, quote, shooting victim at Rittenhouse trial said he thought he was going to die. <laughs> What the article didn't mention, it seems kind of relevant, the shooting victim was pointed a loaded gun at the boy who shot him. So they're liars, you knew that. In this case, they have to lie. If they didn't, they'd be forced to admit that they were wrong from the very beginning. In case you've forgotten, this is what they were telling you all last year about Kyle Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse is basically what you would have had in a school shooter. He's a 17-year-old kid. He shouldn't have had a gun. He crossed state lines to supposedly protect property. No, he was going out to shoot people. You see the 17-year-old who was radicalized by Trumpism, took his AR-15 to Kenosha and became a killer. A 17-year-old kid from out of state, a boy from out of state, drives up to the state with an AR-15 around his neck, I mean, shoots right and kills yeah. a couple of people. Uh, shooting wildly, running around, uh, acting like uh, rent-a-cop. And it's not good that a 17-year-old vigilante, arguably a domestic terrorist, picked up a rifle, drove to a different state to shoot people. Yeah, he drove to a different state to shoot people. That's what happened, really. Open up your brain, let's pour some more lies in it. Actually, in point of fact, Kyle Rittenhouse went to Kenosha to clean up the filth left by the rioting Biden voters, the child molester included. Turns out the morning of the shooting, Kyle Rittenhouse was videotaped cleaning anarchist graffiti off the walls of a local high school. That seems like good citizenship, actually. Naturally elected Democrats denounced him as a racist. 
Ayanna Presley described Rittenhouse as a, quote, white supremacist domestic terrorist, echoing the MSNBC morning show. Elon Omar did the same. Joe Biden, on the basis of no evidence whatsoever, called the 17-year-old, quote, a white supremacist. Now, for the record, the men Rittenhouse shot were all white. Kind of a funny kind of white supremacy there. It turns out that like so much of the hyperventilating moral outrage we suffer through every single day, the tale of Kyle Rittenhouse is a myth. Okay, so that's just a great job by Tucker and his team. That's why I wanted to show you that full two-minute clip there. Uh, if you want more on the specifics of exactly what happened that day, again, we have a link to our video, which was from September 2020, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so you can see actually like the full sort of chronology of what exactly happened and that Kyle had a gun pointed to his face and that this was a kid who was trying not to instigate. He was trying to de-escalate. But watch that and make a decision for that on your own. Uh, I should mention also that Robert Barnes, who is my friend and who has been on the show, this show several times, he's one of Kyle's lawyers. So we'll get him back on hopefully in the next couple weeks to discuss. And now I wanna show you two videos from the trial today because this is all unfolding in the, in the last little bit. Um, the first one's actually sort of hard to watch. So this is Kyle on the stand himself, defending himself, not something that he has to do. This is something that the defense decided that they would do. Uh, and he broke down while he was uh, giving testimony. Look over my shoulder and Mr. Rosenbaum, Mr. Rosenbaum was now running from my right side. Um, and I was cornered from in front of me with Mr. Zeminski. And there were <laughs> there were three people right there. Okay, so that's obviously, you know, kind of hard to watch. I just want to back up for a second and talk a little bit about those CNN and MSNBC uh, commentators, contributors, blowhards, liars, bloviators, whatever you want to call them, uh, who are calling that kid a white supremacist and Joe Biden who called him a white supremacist. There's no evidence, literally no evidence that he's a white supremacist. There is no social media posts anywhere that he's a white supremacist or anything like that. This is what they do with everything. That first guy in that compilation we showed you who said that he's a 17 year old white kid, like the perfect you know, mass shooter. It's like they're, they're, they're imagining a reality instead of looking at the reality that's right in front of them. These people are, are actually dangerous. The amount of people that they are, they are instigating to hate people for no reason other than the color of their skin while they call the rest of us racist. Anyway, if you, if you watch the full video, you see that he was clearly trying to defend himself. This was not someone who was out there to try to hurt himself. Now, maybe he should not have been out there. Maybe too many people are, are getting involved in all sorts of things right now and, and we've watched cities burn and everything's kind of screwy. Um, but this, this kid is not a cold-blooded murderer. Uh, he was defending himself. Look, watch the video yourself. Again, it's in the link down below. 
And if you think that if he had done nothing, he would be alive, you're, you're probably wrong. He, he was most likely about to be killed or pummeled or whatever it might be. Uh, the, the trial went on and a few minutes later, this is actually like completely extraordinary and I think in some ways might end the trial right here in and of itself. Uh, the judge had to scold the prosecutor because uh, Kyle wanted his right to remain silent at one point, which of course you have, right? Like that's one of the things that we still got while they try to burn everything down. And the judge was not having any of it. You need to account for this. Your Honor, I don't want to, I don't want to jury here. He's commenting on my client's right to remain silent. No, Your Honor, I am making the point that after hearing everything in the case, now he's tailoring his story to what has already been introduced. That's the problem is, this is a grave constitutional violation for you to talk about the defendant's silence. And that is, and, and, the, and you're right, you're right on the, you're right on the borderline. And you may, you may be over, but uh, it better stop. Understood. This is, I can't think of the case, the initial case on it, but it's, uh, this is not permitted. I mean, that's a really remarkable moment. The, the judge saying you're right on the borderline, like that, this thing is close to a mistrial, basically. You have the right to remain silent. You don't have to incriminate yourself. We all know this, like this is basic 101. Watch an episode of Boston Legal or LA Law. Like we all know this stuff, it's just crazy. Anyway, we, we will see what happens. Uh, my sense is that the prosecution has done a really poor job. I think the defense has done a decent job. Um, of course, you know what we're seeing from the temperament online is that you know he's white and he's young, so he's gonna get off. If this was a black kid, we'd get him. But it's like, that's not really a position. What, what a position would be is, oh, evidence, evidence leads to something, right? Like that would be an honest position, not, oh, I need something to fit my narrative. I think you guys get it. Um, all right, guys. Oh, I'll, I'll throw in one comment uh, related to the story earlier, Bionic Bacon over on rubinreport.locals.com. I'm trans-vaccinated. I identify as a vaccinated person when it suits me. Pretty good, we should all be trans-vaccinated. More than meets the eye, as Optimus Prime would say. Uh, all right, guys, part one of my interview with Jordan Peterson, including that clip we showed you, is up on YouTube right now. The full thing, it's a little over an hour, is up at rubinreport.com dot locals dot com. Uh, we have regular shows for the rest of the week and then I am off to Nashville. I'll be doing Candace Owens Daily Wire show and I'll be sitting down with her for our show in her studio, which should be fun. And I'll be uh, eating some fried bacon over there in Nashville. Maybe I'll get some boots this time. I couldn't get boots last time because I have LA style jeans. Did not realize that you need boot fit jeans to get to that. that that's what the boots for, the boot fit fits around the boot. So I walked into a place to get a boot, boot cut. They call it boot cut, not boot fit. Okay, boot cut, that's fine. <laughs> but I go into the boot place, I was like, I'm gonna get some boots. And they were looking at me like, that, that is not gonna fit, does not fit. Anyway, uh, all right guys, I think, uh, I think we did it. We didn't, we didn't uh, bang everyone over the head with COVID. I think you're gonna be all right guys. So get out there, have fun, enjoy your lives, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow.
Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget, you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you want to connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubinreport.locals.com.